0: VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen.
1: VoiceOver on
0: settings. So you can navigate it just by listening.
1: Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10
2: to 11.
0: And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing mint mobile unlimited premium wireless every day to get 30 30 every day get 30 every day get 20 20, 20 bet you get 20 20 bet you get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees Promoting for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com
3: now okay
1: we well you don't have to do it because you didn't read the email
2: no, I did read no, the, he means I, in the modern did, read, game. No, I mean oh.
1: do
3: you do you mean Sorry, historically that or not? Yes, I did read the okay. email. I always read your emails, Owen. They're the first things I read.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> of Proust and all the rest of it. Thank yep. you. Uh, I feel really <laughs> honoured by that. Hello and welcome back. Regulars to this parish will know that at the end of the Ruck podcast, we cast our nominations for God or Goddess of the Week. Well this week I'm going a bit early and for the first time in Ruck history I'm nominating one of our panelists. In our esteemed company on the pod today, we have a man who was so excited about the game he saw at the weekend that he took an overnight flight back, came straight from the airport to the Times Studios, no breakfast, still reeking of the post-match braai, desperate to tell all. Barnsie, Stuart Barnes, straight from Los- loftus Versfeld, Best game of the year, best finish. God, how lucky you were. And now we've got you on the pod. Brilliant to have you here.
3: Thank you, and Wonderful. Nice to be back. It was a great night in Pretoria.
1: And... Uh... We'll talk about it properly, but did you sort of slightly feel that the world's slightly turning on its axis?
3: There are chinks, if that's what you mean, in the all-black armour, definitely. Um, the pace, the precision of New Zealand was challenged by the power of the Springboks, and yes, um, it's getting more interesting as we head towards uh, Japan, Yep.
1: And you must have just sat there thinking, what a lucky man I am. I mean, we all, we, all, we go to lots of rugby, and occasionally you get that, don't there. you?
3: get paid for it as well fantastic but <laughs> so pleased for you <laughs> but i did fly, that's the deal is it i did fly premium economy as well there and back now you're showing off i haven't done that in 25 years it's a bit disappointing hold okay. well on right. i've got that's my it. violin here i'll go and
4: get yeah. that yeah yeah he's it's just, it's just trying life, to upset boys. the rest
1: of the panelists it's hard life yeah no our, uh listeners need to know that, that we, we'd never fly premium economy uh also uh we have a guest from almost as far well yorkshire uh that's me flourishing my shamelessly southern credentials Chris Jones here, The Sunday
5: Times, and numerous other titles. Chris, great to have you back. Uh, you were where at the weekend? Well, I wasn't enjoying as much of a big night as Pretoria <laughs> on a Saturday night is. Those of you who've been there will understand what I'm talking about. I was in Manchester where almost all of Newcastle turned up, either to watch the football or the rugby. And uh, it was uh, not a great uh, day for either of them, uh, because uh, Dean Richards revealed yet again his wonderful tactic of playing 13 men against 15 and losing. It's just not on. Uh, Strange game, very strange game, and unfortunately a terrible injury. Marlon Yard yeah that looked desperate didn't it last season when obviously Newcastle had that that
1: great uh, fourth place finish uh, they benefited from the fact that they weren't playing Champions Cup rugby and now they've had this team that's won one out of six the games get bigger and tougher and uh, they need a rest and to to rebuild, really, don't they?
5: Last year, the major problem for them was they were going off, they thought to Russia in mid uh, midwinter. In fact, they ended up in uh, Georgia to play uh, their, their Challenge Cup game. So that involved an awful lot of uh, messing about and travelling. They're going to be uh, probably flying Premier Economy down to Toulon. I'll uh, uh, never accept that. Where <laughs> they will be taking probably half a team because knocked himself out after seven minutes. Toby Flood injured his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they are shorter players. Will Welsh hobbled off with a bad ankle injury and just when they didn't need it. I mean, Dean believes that they could be quite a dangerous team because, you know, you look at their back line when they're all fit and they've got uh, some serious power there, particularly out on the wings. But, uh, they can't afford to have these sort of injuries. It's well, one so those things, isn't it? You, you
1: you spend all season battling to get into top six and yeah. qualify for Europe, and once you're in, it's you know it's almost a penalty for being there.
3: Last year, own I can remember writing about Northampton, saying every year for about the last three years, Northampton do everything in their power to get into Europe. They're not good enough. They lose a couple of games in the Premiership, a little bit like Newcastle at the moment. Then they go into Europe, someone like Leinster puts 50 points on them, yeah. and it's a crisis. And yeah. you wonder, yeah. why qualify? And from Newcastle's point of view, even if they were halfway up the table, they're not going to win the European Cup. It is, in the end, a distraction.
1: Absolutely. That's now, almost... hang on a sec, Al. I'm in yet. I didn't mean not to talk to you earlier. That's OK. Still love you. Um, we are also joined by our regular, Chief feature Ice for Rugby World, Alan Dimmock. Oh, hello. <laughs>
4: Al, you were at the Extraordinary Worcester game, correct? I wasn't at it, actually, but I I did watch it. And I have to say, if that's what you'd call a bottom-of-the-table clash, I'd rather watch the scrap down at the bottom for a large part of the season over the the scrap at the top, because what a phenomenal game of rugby that was. Worcester good or Bristol bad? A bit of both, actually. Worcester just played incredible front-foot rugby for the majority of that game, but Bristol... I mean, if you want to use the word patterns, their defensive shape was atrocious for the entirety of that game. You know, they were tackling air for a large part of it, but there was a number of Worcester players who just played out of their skin. I mean, I'm sure we can go on to talk about Ryan Mills and and the potential that he has and why he's... I mean, after a couple of performances, it would be early to say he should be in the mix for England, but what a phenomenal player he is. And their 9-10-12 um,
1: uh, looks as good and, and as well coordinated and dangerous as as any in the premiership at the moment which is a weird thing to say. Oh, I think especially if you are Owen Slot you were tipping them for relegation.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think the key there actually is as entertaining as you're going to get. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and as, that actually goes a long way to winning people over. We compare it to the way that they've played and the way that Bristol have attacked even in losing. You know, they they racked up 40 points the week before and still lost but they are playing an exciting brand of rugby it's almost like if we'll see how many you can score and we'll see how many we score and we'll tally it up at the end of the game which is fine but when you compare it to Sale as we were talking about there who are the, have zero bo- try bonus points and this is a season where there are lots of tries being scored in fact uh, a good friend of mine Charlie Morgan wrote for the Telegraph the other day about the, the rate of s- tries being scored um, there was 6.4 per game as of last week so do we recognise which is the almost, Telegraph the Telegraph well,
5: what, what is it? The telegraph. Oh,
3: it's a... Any, anyone. Anyone oh, it's all going to
1: want to illuminate us on that? Yeah,
3: yeah. The, when the railroads went west in America, the telegraph poles went up. Is fantastic, yes,
1: Expansy, Yeah. Okay, with you. Yeah. So Charlie, who's been putting in railroads, <laughs>
4: yeah, in um, has <laughs> realised that the rate of tries, as of last week, was was double that of two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. But then you look at, you say, wow, that's fantastic. Loads and loads of tries being scored. Sales still have zero tri-bonus points this season. And that is a, a frightening statistic, particularly when we're talking about Newcastle and how well they did last year. There was a real dearth of bonus point, tri-bonus points for them as well, but they won games by a couple of points. They nicked it here or there with sheer grit and determination. It looks like this season that might not be enough, particularly when you've got to fight in a couple fronts. Yeah. I suppose it helps them, Newcastle, that... Uh, going into Europe Toulon are having an absolute stinker of a season as well
1: Okay, listen I want to return to that but I need to talk about myself for a bit first because it's not all about you guys Um, so my own treat for the weekend was a visit to the Stoop where I was brilliantly entertained by a great match but also one of the most extraordinary tries executed with one of the most extraordinary pieces of skill I've ever seen
5: Early penalty goal for Marcus Smith it's going to drift wide and what's happened there? Joe Marchant has come out of nowhere and I think he scored a try. Look at it. It doesn't cross the line. Marchant gets it. Marchant puts it down. It's an extraordinary score for Harlequins.
1: If you haven't seen it, uh, listeners, Joe Marchant's try, um, then please do. It will make you smile. And you can watch it on the Times website where we have highlights of all the Gallagher Premiership games. And if that sounds like a plug, then that's because it is one. Now, Al, when you were a young superstar prop, I guess you scored a few tries like that yourself.
5: Absolutely never. I initiated one. Hmm? You initiated initiated one? We were on tour in Canada. So you missed the the penalty. uh, Yeah, I was taking the penalty and it was in Ottawa. It was about minus 100 and the Arctic wind uh, blew the ball from the post over to almost out at a touch, and our winger Dave Patterson ran up, caught it and put it down, while the Canadian guys were going, what's he done that for? And uh, we won the match.
4: Seymour Jones, Genius. always blaming
1: the wind. So do we think that Marcus Smith actually was studying video of you in Ottawa? Absolutely. In, yeah. What and year it, are we talking?
5: Uh, r- about then, and uh, <laughs> it wasn't a leather ball. Who are you playing for? Uh, this is when, when radar were on tour. <coughs> We took the world by storm.
1: I want to go back to the relegation thing. So the the three weeks ago we sat around, or generally it was agreed the Premiership was the most exciting Premiership in in, in ever, if that's a sentence. And now when you look at it, it's um it's a two tier Premiership. with two at the top and no one else near them. Uh, so the the relegation battle or
5: who's going to go down is
1: unfathomable.
5: And want to have a go at it? Well, I, I've seen a lot of the uh, the Worcester and Newcastle lads recently and. What I saw on Saturday is the most fantastic exhibition of sideways rugby. There is so much of it being played, you know, lateral stuff. And yeah, you know, all these teams are so desperate, desperate to hold on to the ball. They just go sideways to sideways and it's really boring at times.
3: Well, hang on, how can it be the best premiership ever if it's really boring and you're seeing lots of boring
5: stuff? I didn't say it was the most exciting... Premise. Ah, you didn't, OK. See, I, 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 a try, though. I, I can throw my voice, but I think that was Owen.
1: How many times have you seen Sale? Because I, I would say that they are comprehensively the uh, least entertaining team I've seen Well so twice seen
5: But they are holding on to this, this great belief that their entire life will change when Faf gets back. Because <laughs> as he's done for South Africa, he will do for them, which is speed the whole thing up. I mean, they have got backs... Who can score tries, but you know they just don't generate quick enough ball. He, he will,
3: well, he will make a massive difference. He was outstanding for them last year, wasn't he? And and he's been one of the best players in the rugby championship. So a fit Faf de Klerk is going to make a big difference. But his strength
5: and weakness, Barnes, because he's not there. You get no, what right, you're I seeing at the moment, yeah. you know, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and to build yourself around that. And you could argue with South Africa to build yourself around well, around him. What happens when he's injured? Yeah. So at the
1: moment we have got um, Newcastle, Newcastle bottom. Newcastle bottom, Sale second bottom. Uh, and then Bristol. I mean, is that how is, is that roughly where it will be? Do you think Worcester will will slowly sink again? That it appears to me that Worcester are putting on the burners and getting slightly more confident. And also, you've got to remember that the that well, all those all those teams will keep most of their players, yeah, won't they? Yeah. Mm. So Harlequins, who are unconvincing still, uh, might struggle. Bath who are are really the masters of hot and cold performance Uh, they they might struggle when they lose a few more Northampton
3: Northampton, but you look at Leicester they're not really playing very well they're up in 5th, any team at the moment I think outside of uh, the top 2 and Wasps is just about capable of going on a losing run uh, with other teams winning I think think, think, think it's far too early to say who are apart from the obvious ones who are going to be at the bottom
1: yeah, I think Gloucester you can't put in. I think Gloucester have... Oh, uh, yeah. They, yeah they're still inconsistent, well. but I think they're... Yeah,
3: they're, they've got enough they're to They're not going yeah, to right, all the yeah. way yeah. down, but I yeah.
1: agree with you. Almost anyone yeah, else could enough. go all the way down. Al, are you going to tell us who's going to be relegated?
4: No, absolutely not, because I tried to say that a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and then Worcester <laughs> pulled out the performance so far. We're going to dig it out, so out at far. the end. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. By the end
1: of the season, everyone will have predicted everyone to go down, so it's it's safe then. We're all OK.
3: We've all done... so You've done Worcester. Al, you've said Worcester. Start the season for the times
5: I tip Worcester. Jonesy. You? Bristol. <laughs> That's shot isn't yeah, you, is <laughs> it? <see, later laughs> everyone's gone quiet now. No, but t- t- I, this is a very strange part of the season anyway, because you get this six-week break now, and I understand next year that the Premiership won't actually start until the knockout stages of the World Cup, because you know it, it's we're fitting all this into, into, mm. into one p- pint pot. So you you've got this massive break now, uh, where someone like Bristol, you know, could pick up injuries along the way. I mean, all of them could pick up injuries, particularly guys in the in the, in the Champions Cup. And by the time we come out the, the other side of this, and then you're suddenly playing in the international window, yeah, you know, there's an awful lot going to happen in the next six, eight weeks, which is yeah, which could be seriously important. I mean, there's a lot of stock being put there, though, in the changing of personnel for certain
4: teams. There are certain issues for teams already that you can see that are emerging as teams that are going to be issues for a large part of the season. So Bristol against Worcester, for example... You know, for all that they want to play, their scrum fell apart like a wet paper bag, and Bristol's. that is a, Bristol's, and that is a problem that you can mm-hmm. foresee. There's no quick fix for that. But they haven't got anyone. They haven't got any new arrivals to to sort that out. Have exactly. They? Yeah. So whilst other teams are personnel, it's not like that scrum is going to magically become better.
1: Yeah, they haven't got a South African like like sale of sort of pinning their hopes. That's what you're saying, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Bristol are where they are and I think they always from the start of the season they had uh you know glamorous backs and and question can they win enough enough ball to feed them yeah
4: and and for example Sale, we've seen a number of times this season already and there's a reason why they've got that big fat donut in the try bonus because when they get into the the 22 Faf de Klerk is not going to be the one that makes sure that their forwards get over the line when they're 5 meters out And that's a problem that they've had. That's why we've seen so many passes being flung wide and going over people's head and into touch because they haven't quite figured out yet how to lean forward, grunt a bit and get a try.
5: Well, which think, is strange what, because they've got some serious absolutely. pieces of meat there who, absolutely, could, who yeah. could do it they got Phillips who came up from Bath they're just not getting out of him with the sort of thing that you'd be hoping that he'd be doing which is you know just barreling over what
1: I find strange is that if you look at um, money spent on the on the squads Sale of, of have of the cheapest uh, spent the least money on their squad this season yet yeah, they've got uh, a a big money bags owner and ambition to, to go further, so I can't quite understand why they didn't spend more Well, they addressed more.
5: that the after the game and they said, you know, they, they have got players they're, they're identifying, but they couldn't come this year because obviously World Cup, yeah, they will be having them for the next season, right? That's, well, the, that's their absolute belief they will have a much stronger squad, whether well. they, they, they can hold on for now is debatable
1: sort of a bit of a, a holding pattern isn't it that's unsatisfactory
5: yeah. well Steve Diamond also did uh, when I asked him did you give yourself the vote of confidence he said yes I did because obviously he's on the board so <laughs> when I'm in trouble he actually sort of yeah. look, looks in the mirror and gives himself yeah. a vote of confidence so I think it's the, a strange scenario this there. podcast can officially
1: declare Steve Diamond's job safe Barnsley let, let's go back to to God of the Week and and your weekend so so the international season is not far away England will start off um, against the two teams that you just watched: South Africa and, yeah. and, and the All Blacks. Uh, against South Africa, they will will be England will be assisted by the fact that uh, the aforementioned Faf De Klerk, Willie Le Francois Lowe, uh, Francois Lowe, uh, Franco Mostert, they will all be absent from the from the Springboks for very tedious uh, reasons, which we um, can't be bothered to explain here. Um, but but nevertheless, you 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 saw that game. What? How do you think England's going to match up? Uh, how good were those teams?
3: South Africa are a completely different team to the one England met on tour. They're infinitely better now. Um, they have resurrected a lot of the old South African uh, beliefs. Uh, they're brutal on the game line. First five minutes of this match, they went through New Zealand tacklers about five times, and, and that set the tone for the first hour of the game. It should have been enough to win the game. That's the South African way... And you're saying
1: that, so you're saying that they they were the old South African way. They
3: were the old South African way. But, but
1: when they beat England in the in the summer, it, it, it was quite a lot of the old South, South African way. So you're saying that they've actually accentuated that. They're yes, they, the yeah. yeah, they
3: have. They're, and defensively, they're, they're, they're not the same team. In Dielende and Creel and Pollard, who is getting better by the game. You've got to remember Pollard was out for a long time, and when Pollard has played. They historically have been quite good. When he's been out for two years, they fell to piece. This guy is underestimated. But he almost Polart- lost
4: his leg, didn't he? Sorry? He almost lost his leg. Yeah, yeah,
3: he did. He did. And now he's one of the best tens again. But the, the, the midfield three caused big problems. New Zealand thought they could get Sonny Bill and Goodhue, uh, well, not Goodhue, Crotty, who came in le- last minute, threw them on the offload and they couldn't. Sonny Bill got hit hard first time. Ended up off the field. Very aggressive defence. New Zealand wanted to play the kick game, but Deante is improving. Everyone keeps saying, oh, he's great with the ball in hand, but going backwards. Even Vili LaRue was up for the defensive game. They're going to miss him as well because he controls them. But overall, you know, if England were playing, the team that took the field in Pretoria, you would have to say they would be underdogs without any shadow of doubt. But I must say... Uh, Faf de Klerk is, uh, is a huge loss because he gives the power of their team shape and it's all well and good being big and bustling but if you don't go the right places you're struggling
1: Yeah and it uh, was when they took him off that the, 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 the world told to it wasn't it
3: 14 points Ambrose Papier came on it was his fourth cap two of them he's been a makeshift wing uh, he had eight minutes which is double his previous test time as a scrum half what happens they lose the game so
1: it should, they should bring Francois Hugard in for that trickling games, did not they, they can't, oh, can't, but they can't they can't can <laughs> they this, this is the problem they, couldn't, they could go Peter <laughs> it,
3: it's, it's the problem Kovus w- Reinach
1: oh he, no they can't play him he either.
3: can't there's so many <laughs> you know Francois Lowe had a, a wonderful game he yeah, outplayed Kieran Reed. But so really, a, England's England's reliable.
1: smartest play was by um, by contracting all the best South African Boca's number he... nines to uh, to Premiership clubs.
3: Yeah, well, short term, long term, slightly different. Yeah, well, no, it's not helping the World Cup. But what, one thing I did hear on the grapevine—it might not be true—but I was hearing a whisper uh, from fairly good sources in Pretoria. Anything
1: on the grapevine that is not true, we like want to hear it.
3: Okay, it's true. Dwayne Vermeulen will be coming back from Japan. I think the Japanese will ge- uh, generously release him to play against England changes things
1: Al, do you see England in a short space of time getting together a forward pack who, Eddie Jones always said the, the, the base of my team is is the big forward pack who could um, scare the rest of the world do you, do you reckon that, that there's time to uh, compete in that
4: respect? Well, I mean, there's going to be big changes in the front row you can see those coming because, as, as we mentioned uh, previously Dan Cole's fallen out of favour um, not not selected um been told that he's fourth choice yeah. perhaps in the first moment. So who, order I mean this moment. is the question. Why who, did who,
3: this take so long by the way in well, terms of developing towards the World Cup? Yeah. Why has this taken no, so long? No, Eng,
1: Eng, England's development year is the World Cup year which is uh, mm-hmm. that's another story but uh, not a good one. But but who is the England front row? Do you know what I mean could you I, can you
4: tell me who it is? Well, I've well, I can only tell you what I'd 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 have hoped for if I if I was an England fan. What I would would hope to see. I mean, I've mentioned a couple times on this this podcast that I really rate Harry Williams and that I believe that he should be given a chance, particularly in the, the way that he's playing with Exeter. If you're looking to to get a, a style of play that involves monstering people, you look at the way that Exeter play. Horrible. I mean, they've got an orchestra of monsters. The way that they play rugby, mauling, scrummaging, picking and going. Harry Williams is in the heart of all that. But he's intent on making changes. Sinclair, again, you see him playing at Harlequins, and it's not exactly like Harlequins are setting the world alight. It's not exactly like he's in fantastic form. It's hard to tell. And then there's Nick Shoner, which not too many people know too much mm. about. In fact, I made a point of speaking to Alex Corbusiero about this the other week, uh, and he's, I was asking him what it's like to actually scrummage against Nick Shoner. And he said that he's strong, gets into good shape. And if he's allowed to sink a scrum very low, then he's hard to move once he gets in that shape. So it seems like there's respect there for, from people that have played against him. And is he's he ready been, for Test Rugby? And he's
1: been watching at recently, hasn't yeah. he? Which again is a weird thing, because why are you starting to watch new players in the October before the
3: World Cup? When, when Eddie joined England, he said that this year he'd have all bar about three of his squad. And he is looking at new players now. It's, it's
5: well, Charlotte was meant to go to Argentina and got injured, didn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. And then but, he, but he wasn't taken to, uh, South, to South Africa, Africa, Africa which yeah.
1: I, and I thought that was the right time for him. Do you, Chris, do you think you know who the England um, front row is? Well, and and what do they do? Well, what do they do? Is their replacement your question? Their replacement loosehead. Obviously, Mako will start. Yeah, but...
5: your, your question should have an asterisk saying, but the one Eddie's actually going to pick is, because we know that Dylan will be in there. And <laughs> yeah. there's, there's not when it should be, Mako, George, and probably Harry Williams, with Charlotte coming off the bench. Because it, I wouldn't start Sinclair any time soon. He's an impact guy. He is an
1: impact guy. And you he you also... bring him off the bench. Yeah, I th- I... And loose head-wise, you know... I think Sinclair I is phenomenally that. talented but some but there but there's um a psychology that needs to be cracked
3: with him. Uh Kitsov will get to him. If they start with Sinclair, the South African loose head, Kitsoph will make a mess of him. Absolutely right. He's he's twenty mi- minutes, twenty-five from the bench when you've got to change the pace of the game up yeah the first 50 minutes of test rugby you lay the foundations then you use those foundations and explode England are going the wrong way with Sinclair
1: there's something to do with happiness in this which is a you know we should talk about more on this ruck but those of us who are lucky enough to go on that Lions tour we saw a really happy Carl Sinclair I mean he was one of the cards personality wise that is um and and when you see him now he just looks grumpy doesn't he? he I think I think someone there needs to be some rejuvenation somehow. Maybe
5: we can invite him on the podcast. Well my worries for the loosehead wise is Hepburn, you know, looked like he was gonna be the guy, just like Harry Williams, can play with the ball in hands, does his toughener tight, bring him on, he adds something to to the equation. And of course, you know, he's he's on the bench at Exeter and trying to get to the starting time. It's it's really difficult for him because, you know, at one stage it seemed England had the, all the world's loose heads yeah, yeah. Uh, they all, they were all there,
1: but then they but then they broke them all, didn't they? They yeah. broke Benno Urbano, they broke Luke, uh, Ellis Genge, yeah. and um, yeah, Mullen, anyway.
5: Mullen. went off and had his time. So yeah, suddenly and you're, you're looking around, go well, who is the next and one? And if you
3: play for Exeter, it's harder to get in the England squad anyway. Yeah,
5: well, you should it's it's talk, talk to Newcastle it's about true. that. They'll have an argument about that. They say it's worse for them. Well, They're
3: bottom the... of the league. <laughs>
5: Even when they were fourth, but honestly, they never got. A shout.
1: Yeah, I know. You, Newcastle, you've got no chance of playing for England. You're listening to The Ruck, and we'll be back in a minute.
0: As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
1: Welcome back to the Ruck. So we, we, we move from uh, Premiership to uh, the Heineken Champions Cup, as it is now called, uh, this weekend. Um, I was going to ask you all to name who you think um, uh, might win or be in the final, but I'm guessing everyone would say Leinster or Saracens. Please shout if you would say otherwise. Ooh. I mean, for they, I think those two stand out. So let's go beyond that. If not those two,
3: then who? Exeter. There's no re- the- Last year, they gave Leinster a real battering for 40 minutes in Dublin, but that was their second year of European rugby. It-, it takes a while to get used to it. They were very naive. They had all the ball against Glasgow. Had they won that, they'd have been in the quarterfinals and they'd have been players. Uh, it was a freak defeat, took them out of the equation. Watching them this year, I think they- they've changed their game at the breakdown. I think they're not as susceptible to getting targeted by the Celtic teams backs are so clever the squad is so strong um, that I think Exeter should be uh, bracketed with Leinster and Saracen's maybe just below them as third favorites but only just
4: the pool that they're in is a fascinating pool I mean that's going to be the one to watch for the entirety I mean cast you can throw them aside I don't think they'll be that interested in what's going on in Europe oh, uh, not, they not could at shock home. me not at home not at home uh, I mean they, they, they could surprise me but um, Chiefs, Gloucester and Munster is one to keep an eye out because there's entertaining fixtures every week for that one. I, I agree with Stuart that I think Exeter will have too much strength in there. But you look at people that could have potentially... Given it a go. Could have said Montpellier maybe would have, maybe this they would have given it a go this year, but actually, if you look at what's happened, they don't have a fly half at the moment for a start. Well, um, they, they've, they, they've got Cruden injured, and, Francois Stein injured, and, and Johan, Johan Goosen went injured. off at the weekend. Yeah. So they don't have a fly half. They came into this season with 13 injuries. So whilst they're making good noises, and Vern Cotter saying, oh, we have going to change, based on what happened to us in Europe last year, we're going to change tactics. He was saying that in the, uh, the Sunday Times at the weekend. Actually, it doesn't look like too much is going to change and they need to keep, keep track of what's going on in the top 14 because they're fourth in the table yeah, and it's so competitive the, there the, the, the,
3: the culture of Montpellier says demands that they get that top 14 first and foremost that's their target and Europe doesn't matter what Verne says Europe is an afterthought until they've won it
5: Chris, it's, about, a, it's what, a recurring could, problem isn't it for the tournament the attitude of the French clubs, because you can't convince them that this is the be-all and end-all of European rugby. Do you
1: think we're still we're still there? I mean, you had
5: two Lons French French repeat champions. Massively...
1: Toulon the repeat champions.
5: Yeah, I don't think at the
4: moment. I don't think that seems like a it's, lifetime ago. Or two
5: yeah, ago. if you give you give us you one, two, three things think well, to achieve was a, a generation the top ago. Top will yeah. be top of their list of to do things. It won't be the Heineken Cup.
3: Toulon was an exception, I think, as Al says, in every in every, every single way. Clemont have targeted Europe quite clearly, has been their main priority. Obviously, this year they're in the Challenge Cup, as are Stade Francais, who are one of the strongest teams. They're the two financially most powerful clubs. So the French challenge is weaker. I think generally they do. I think you'll see um, Racing. Yeah, uh, so I think Racing
1: is the most R- likely R- French R- club. Racing,
3: I think, are the only French team with a sniff. I mean, Cast, I'll disagree with you, Ard, because they're, they're playing okay in France generally, um, they are formidable at home. They will not go through, but in front of their home crowd, they'll take, they'll take a scalp. You know, I could see someone like Gloucester going there and getting a right old caning up front. They do that to teams.
5: Yeah, I, I agree. Racing look great, OK? When the things are going for them, they're, you yeah, know, Zeebo's on fire at 15. It's, it's looking great, but... But, you know, they, they have such a, an attritional way of playing in France. They get so many injuries. And you say, we're talking about Montpellier. Yeah, they've got a vast know. squad. They've got a huge squad. I know, but the quality going that deep. And,
3: and the other thing is, with Racing, you've got to remember, if you're if you're trying to go double-headed in France, then what they will do, they were in the top four. They're in a strong position. They've got a big squad. They're quite comfortable. So they play Lyon. They rest up a couple of players. They accept they can lose that one. The sort of block defeat at a la Bath. And then they come into their first European game at Scarlets, a massive game for them, all guns blazing. That's the way they approach the game.
1: No-one's mentioned Scarlets last year's semi-finalists.
3: I, I like the Scarlets, but I think... But maybe...
4: they got,
1: they, they've lost too many players, haven't they? They've, they've lost... They've, uh, they've got, they've John some... Barkley's... They haven't got back John Barkley is gone. Mm. Um, James Davis is injured. Aaron no, Shingler's injured. The eight, injured. Who, the eight that's who's coming odd. is
3: a good player. It's a good player from the free state, but... I still think with the scarlets they are just a little bit light up front when it gets to the business end. I could see them making the semis. They play lovely rugby. They're cleverly coached. They've got good players.
5: They're great to watch because they are so dangerous, and that's that's the problem. If, in, if, if you're in the pool with scarlets, you you know as bath discovered, does not it? You yeah, you, know, you can't take your eye off them. because And also be Jonesy loves them, doesn't he? Yeah I, was, yeah, I mean that's
1: one of the highlights of Europe when he starts referring to Flint and and wears a red shirt into the podcast.
4: And oh no, it's when he wears his Claremont gear in, but we can't do that this oh, unless he focuses exclusively on the challenge. it sounds like we challenge. miss him. Um, well, I mean, the <sighs> thing, I mean, whilst we're talking round and round here, the glaring thing in front of us all is that we're not talking about Pools 1 and 3 because we know that Leinster and Saris are just going to be devastating. We can talk round and round, but there's no escaping that
5: fact that they are just so strong in Europe. Yeah, the, the, the shame about uh, that first game is that Wasps have got so many injuries at the moment. Willie Ruse coming back. That's Wasps and, Leinster, yeah. Yeah, and it's just a case of if they had the full Monty out there, if Joe Lawrence had been playing, they've gone there before and, and hurt Leinster. Yeah, and then they?
3: they've still yeah, they hurt. Them. Steve says that because he's a, he, when he has his Wasps kit on, his version. The version of hurting Leinster is losing by seventeen
1: points. How many different outfits does Steve have? <laughs> many. Yeah, many. Cla- Claremont. Scarlett, sorry, Clenethly and uh, Wasps, Newport. Newport. Let, let's just move on to um uh, to one of the other things that happened at the weekend. Um, the game that I was at Harlequins, where Billy Vanipoledo did something rather extraordinary. He scored a try, and we thought he scored a try, and then the referee was just going to the TMO, and Billy said, um, "Don't bother, ref. Uh, I I dropped the ball. I didn't. I didn't ground it." Um, that, as we know, is um, is rare or completely unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, like a footballer admitting that he dived or a cricketer walking in professional in professional sport. It's it is um, uh, rare to never. So, so I, I would like our panel to um, name another player who they think might do what Billy did.
5: Well, if the question was who wouldn't tell the referee, I'd say everybody playing top 14 in, in France. No one would admit to anything over there. I would say uh, Alex Good. Nice. Would have said I knocked it off, ref. Nice, nice goody. Okay,
3: nice guy. Those Argentinians—they're gentlemanly, aren't they? I think there might be one or two (laughs) of those. I
5: think someone like—they
3: are just because, just because they eat very raw meat and they're quite aggressive in the way they play. They're well-brought-up men, and I could see an Argentinian doing that. No, I could see someone like Hernandez doing it. You know.
5: I'm sort do of you with you. Sanchez, is, do you think Sanchez has really come up to the referee and said, Do you know what I should never try? I knocked it on. I said Hernandez, I didn't <laughs> say Sanchez. I'm I'm
1: with you in that I think I think maybe this is a nationality thing, maybe just some guys are nice no. than the others. So I was thinking Islanders are I mean they're just nicer than everyone else, aren't <laughs> they? <today.
3: laughs> I'll i tell you one bloke I know a, a former teammate of mine, but Bristol, not Bath a bloke called Simon Hogg. Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah Ge- a gentleman a rugby lot. player. He would have been in despair if he would cheat in such a manner. Lovely man, Simon. He would have done it as a player. I'd have been livid with him.
4: <laughs> so you're saying that you would never, in a million years, <coughs> consider saying that was a knock-on? Would you? Would you claim it? I, I would say,
3: uh, in my playing days, I would bend the laws as far as I could bend them back, and if I could do that and I had to do that, yeah. And now that I'm wiser, more mellow, and mature, I think Billy will be Vinab- the judge of that. Billy Vudapola is the first rugby role model of the season. I hate that phrase. Sportsmen, they've got to be role models.
4: This fact, is role model behaviour from Billy. In fact, Stuart's actually written about that in the current issue of Rugby World magazine. Now he believes that rugby players shouldn't be held up as role Gratural. models. Have like, I? Yes, Gratural. you have. Yeah. Jeez. Rug- <laughs> So actually, consistency here. from, from So was Stuart? that in Rugby
1: World magazine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
4: Is it available at the moment? Yeah, it hell? is, yeah. Is it on it's the that, shelves? Yeah. And, that, and that's a rugby magazine? Yeah, it is, yeah. That, well, that you write for? I mean, I, I would claim that... I, I'm with Stuart. I, I, in, in my playing days, I would appeal for everything. I would try and claim it. Um, I would definitely not have said that I'd not... It's the all, culture, isn't it? It's but, hard not to. But, I mean, okay, okay. Playing devil's advocate and jumping on the other side of this. Um, he saved everyone a lot of time. Really, hasn't he? Because the TMO would have caught the knock-on anyway. Well he hasn't, I mean he? two days later we're still talking about Yeah the absolutely, thing. absolutely I mean I'd like to, I've convinced myself, I, I'm so madly in love with Sia Khaleesi that I've just convinced myself that he wouldn't
1: appeal oh, for it. Very oh very good.
5: no!
1: Yeah,
4: very good, no I like that he's been what? bought, he's bought no. it completely Yeah I've, got, I've fallen for it, hook, line and sinker he's not appealing for he's
3: it. He's taken the bot PR line. Yeah
4: absolutely um, which is, people that would definitely appeal for it any of the All Blacks they're appealing for that try. They're claiming it all day long. Are we just dang- claiming that that's a try? Are
1: we in danger of confusing uh, being a good bloke, so Alex Good, with, with having with not quite having the same ultra competitive, I want to win at anything? Because I was so it's a my I, I was thinking about this and it didn't come up with a decent answer apart from anyone from a Pacific island, which is obviously nonsense. I was going to say Jack Nowell, I think, is a great guy, but does that mean he doesn't have that competitive edge or wouldn't...
5: Can I throw David Pocock into ah, the I was going to say yourself. him as well. Yes. Yeah. Because I think David would. Because he's that more rounded character, he's takes some yeah. time away from the, the game, I yeah. think that he has the right attitude to the sport, and I I would think he would hate to think that... OK, cheats is the rucks, but I would hate <laughs> to think that he, he wouldn't want to cheat in something as obvious as that and as important as that. And I, I would hope that, David, if you're listening... I believe in you. Yeah, I think I think we might just have him on the line. That, I mean, amazing. Do you think
3: he pushes the laws of the breakdown to the limit as opposed to cheating?
5: Well, the, the, ah, but then you'd say, well, what about Richie McCall? Because we're wading into a lot of grey here, aren't we?
4: Well, he yeah. was a referee, and I'll just say about the Southern Hemisphere lads as well. Yeah, let's just be
1: clear. They're if just we, take slightly if we're going to have a list of people who would never, ever admit they hadn't grounded Richie McCall would be somewhere near the top with Owen Farrell and. well oh, Barnes, you put yourself there, didn't you?
3: Anyone who fears losing would say, I scored it, ref."
1: Okay, uh, final element of um, today's podcast. Uh, we will now, I've already gone with Barnsley. Your God and or your Goddess of
4: the Week, Al. I've gone for a collection of gods. Those heroes on Hackney Marshes at the weekend. Old Streetonians versus London Welsh played a nil-nil. Fair play to them for trucking on for eighty minutes in the rain, that slogging it out for a brilliant. shot. Brilliant,
1: well done. And what division was that in? That where, where you find London Welsh now? I've got, I've got you now. They're
4: down there. They're down there. Da-
1: I know, but but, but London Welsh were Premiership through four years ago, and now yeah. they're. This is we, you're talking Basement. League Twenty Nine, aren't you? But we'll be watching their comeback.
3: Goddess, what? the lady I followed out of Loftus Versfeld at full time, who said, "I don't care what the score is." I'm proud of the boys, and I love that because we are obsessed with winning. Hence, we do things like cheat (laughs) and don't claim we've knocked it on when we have. She summed up the atmosphere of that ground. She also summed up why Erasmus is going the right way, because winning wasn't everything for them. It was the quality of the performance, and the South African people understood that, and because of that, their team will be heading in the right way. She got it in a way a lot of us in the media and a lot of players and coaches do not. It's not always about winning. It's about how well you play. It took me back to 2009 when the Lions Can lost you believe the sec- this guy? No, The Lions lost that second test at Loftus to go down and lose the series. They lost to a magnificent South African team. It was an epic effort by the Lions, one of their best test performances even though they lost.
5: Uh, also, he gave thanks to that woman because it, it gave him his intro for today's piece. I know. Well,
3: always. She's, she's, well, she's hey, really look. helped her out big time. <laughs> we're all looking for help there, boys. Okay,
5: Chris. <laughs> uh, mine is a man who went from uh, Jose Mourinho uh, uh, to Sir Alex Ferguson in one rant Michael Checker. It was fantastic. What great television! Jeez. It is an unbelievable a performance. It was it was just great. And the way he keeps on pointing at people and sort of almost offering them out, it's great this, to see. This was his half
1: time rounds. Yeah, when, and, uh,
5: they, when they had a record. Australia, second half, yeah. well,
1: what was the score at half time they were down? 31
5: 7, was that right? And yeah. then they won
1: 45 yeah. 40. The, the biggest yeah.
5: turnaround in the history. of. Uh, it, 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 there were no flying hair dryers. There was no flying saucer. He just did cups. it with pointy fingers. He did pointy fingers, and boy, that pointy finger worked. He You're is right, my and, God and possibly
1: did sh- save his job. Okay, um, casting vote. Uh, well, I'm with you, uh, Chris. Thank you very much, Michael Checker. God of the week. He'll be so chuffed, won't he? I mean, you know, you, you you've won a you've won a test match, but really, God of the week is uh, what what he's, you, what he's you achieved hope
3: for. a lot in his life. Michael Randwick beat Bath when I was playing against him. He's had a very successful business. He's proud of he's, that. He's gone it? to a World Cup he's, final. He still talks
1: about that Randwick Bath result. He's he? gone to
3: a World Cup final, but he has never been god of the week (laughs) and he is now (laughs) amazing
1: Um, gents thank you very very much indeed Uh, just before we finish I just uh, we talked about this beforehand and we didn't want to leave the ruck without saying that uh, Steve Ajomo a former England player and uh, Bath teammate of Barnsley and good friend uh, a good friend of Barnsley suffered a stroke uh, the weekend and uh, we here would uh, like to send him our best wishes for a very speedy recovery Uh, to everyone else out there thank you very much for downloading, listening Uh, we love having uh, you as our audience and we'll be back again next week
0: VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen
1: VoiceOver on settings
0: so you can navigate it just by listening
1: Books. Contacts. Calendar. double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna. From 10 to 11.
0: And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone.